Ginger Duggar about some of the teaching she had to detangle. Now, what I appreciate about this video is the way she phrases this is, I think, healthy with regards to the concept of deconstruction being so hot, which sometimes not always leads to deconversion. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What made you want to write this book right now? Mm. I grew up in a system that was based on man-made rules. I followed a teacher who um, taught a lot of things that were outside of the Bible, but I thought that he was teaching the Word of God to me. And it was interesting. Um, it's been quite the journey. I shared publicly about these teachings, promoted them most of my life. And I. it wasn't until I stopped and examined these teachings according to the Bible, and I saw they just didn't line up. Oops. Now, if you guys don't remember the Duggars, I actually used to watch their show. This is their website, a Duggar, the Duggar family, Jim and Bob, uh, Jim Bob and Michelle. You guys remember Jim Bob? You guys remember Jim Bob and Michelle? They they had their own reality TV show when they were, when I was like the the latest craze. Okay, so there you go. That's that's kind of when I was watching them, probably a little after this, and they had a massive family. Now this this is the two thousands. Okay, and so the daughter is now coming out of a memoir, and she is talking about some of the things that she needed to detangle. Now, I like this language a lot because there's a lot of us that need to detangle a lot of different teachings, okay? So let's get back and see what she says more specifically. And I realized at that time that I had a lot that I needed to work through and disentangle truth from error. So that's what this story is about. And why now is just because I feel a responsibility to share and all those years, six years of working through this, um, I just see how needful it is. And I'm also at a much better place to be able to talk about it because it's very difficult mm -hmm. to speak about sometimes. You know, something, Ginger, that I think is so fascinating and even kind of countercultural about your experience is you've written this book and it's critical of a lot of your upbringing and a lot of the, the legalistic rituals that were in place, but you're somebody who hasn't walked away from faith either. Uh, you still believe in God despite having had that bad theology that, that maybe was attached to faith. Tell us a little bit about how you've clung to faith in the midst of processing and getting rid of some of the bad stuff that was surrounding it. What a great question. Shout out to CBN News doing some some good interviews, man. Because sometimes CBN be a little hit and miss when you when you see it on TV. So this is this is good stuff that they're mm. talking about. Yeah, that's something that sadly in today's uh, world we see so many people who are deconstructing and they are tearing their faith down to the studs, never to build it up again. And a lot of those people have been harmed within the church, harmed by a teacher who claims to speak for God but doesn't. And mm -hmm. that's something that really um, it's so sad to see. And they think that's the only answer that I have to go yep. that route. But yep. my story by God's grace has been one of disentangling truth from error. So it, I use this um, analogy, like if you get putty stuck in your hair, you can totally just cut your hair off or mm -hmm. you can take the time to slowly pick out the putty, keep your hair. And it's kind of, it's, it's also like a difficult process. It's painful at times. It's tough to do, but it's so worth it in the end. And that's what I've done with the theology that I was raised in that was very harmful, damaging, superstitious, fear-based, um, and just not biblical. And so Woo! whenever I've compared 
those teaching <laughs> to the word of God, they just can't stand up for themselves. It just falls apart. And that all falls off when you see it's not based in scripture. Come on. Come on. Now I'm curious what's, if they get into the specifics of what was and is harmful. Is it the uh, isolation and insulation and, and, and being completely removed from the world? Is it the really taking be fruitful and multiply to the most radical extreme? Because I do want to get into that. You know what's beautiful about this? Is that in all of this, she's pointing back to scripture as the reason she came out of it. Sometimes, as her illustration went, people will have their hair tangled and they'll chop off all their hair. She's saying that it was looking at scripture that made her not chop off her faith. How beautiful is that? How awesome is that? <clears throat> Excuse me. That when we actually look at the word of God and we, we examine the word of God in context across the Old and New Testament, we read it properly, right? We, we, we understand some of the cultural takes of ancient Hebrew culture that it actually removes legalism and removes some of the cult-like theology around some of this stuff. That's how, it, that's how it is and how it should be. It's just sometimes we get into extremes because I think our brains naturally like a binary extreme approach to everything, right? I thought about writing this book because it's interesting being in the public eye, being in that space. Um, I know that things can get twisted and narratives can get written about why behind it. And I, um, from the beginning, I've sought to like share some differences with family and say, this is why I don't see this in the Bible. And so we've had some of those conversations throughout the years. And at the same time, I realized I wrote a book back in 2012 with some of my sisters, which highlighted a lot of these principles, Bill Gothard's principles, that is. And, uh, aha, there's the name Bill Gothard. That's apparently who's behind some of this harmful teaching. He would say like, oh, if you keep these seven basic principles, your life will be a success. If you don't, it'll be one disaster after another. So I would like promote all of that for years. And so the responsibility. Anybody that tries to deduce all the scripture to these seven principles is, is really treading on thin, thin ice. <laughs> Anybody that's like, do this and your life will be perfect or be great. You, you got to really be careful with people like that. Right, because then you're just trying to maneuver it and break it down to like this formula. That's not what faith is. The side comes from all of those years of sharing this, saying this is how you're going to please God is by doing all of these man-made rules. And it's just not the case. So with, with the family side of it, with trying to balance all of that, I've sought to do it by God's grace, hopefully in a winsome way, thinking how would this message be received by those inside this community? I'm going to speak mm. out very strongly against the teachings of Bill Gothard because he has very publicly taught this stuff. And at mm. the same time, I understand that um, even me being in the setting I was, I had a sweet childhood. Um, even though I wrestled so hard with fear and all of this, I can see uh, both sides and I can see how um, I can come away not bitter, not angry that I was raised in something like that. But I can see, okay, I can see how other people have that perspective. But I, I, I have to speak out on truth. It's the most loving thing to do. And I hope mm. that anyone inside that community, family, friends could see um, that it's just a matter of the authority of scripture speaking for itself and us not following a man and saying that his words are more important than the words of God. So could mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about what, what maybe you mean by, by cult-like characteristics? Yeah. Bill Gothard came on the scene in the 60s and 70s, 70s promising families um, a guarantee for success for their families. So he would 
uh, say it's going to protect your family from the sexual revolution, from you know sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and your kids will turn out well. They're all going to love Jesus. They're going to be protected from harm. And so that was the promise of guarantee for families. So that's why so many got into it. In my family, at the very early years of my parents' marriage, um, entered ATI, IBLP, started attending conferences. And so that's all I ever knew. Do these things, and it'll keep the the world from your kids removing the concept that, I mean, yes, Proverbs says raise up a child and the ways of the Lord and won't depart, so on and so forth. But kids are also autonomous humans with desires and sinful proclivities. <laughs> Anybody who has kids will know this, right? And apparently Bill Gothard never married or had children. Be weary of anyone that's giving parenting and marriage advice that they married and don't got children. That's the irony. That, that, that's goofy. Gothard would put so much fear and superstition upon you wrapped up in the words of God. And so it, it's tough to leave that community because he would say, if you heard these teachings, it would have been better for you not to hear it than to hear it and to depart from it. Like you're going to have greater judgment. This fool think he Jesus. He thinks he's Jesus. Holy moly. That is some scary stuff. When people start taking the words of their own imagination and their own views and principles. Imagine if like, I love Dave Ramsey and he helped me out a lot, but imagine if like Dave Ramsey said that, like, you know, my, my, my plans on debt free and having a zero based budget. If you take, if you know these and you don't apply them, it's worse than for you to never have no, like, whoa, whoa. These are principles. Sometimes they can be helpful. And I'm sure some of this stuff got, this guy taught, May, may be helpful at times, but in the same way we don't take Dave Ramsey and elevate them to Jesus, you probably shouldn't take anybody besides Jesus and put them in the place of Jesus. Gothard was busted for sexually abusing some of the attractive, attractive young interns who worked for him. Yikes. He was known to touch them in very inappropriate ways, among others. This is a sickness of the highest order. Eh? Yuck. I kind of thought, okay, Bill Gothard's teachings are Bible, but my husband, he started listening to some seminars and he was like, let's pause this. Wait, hmm. did you hear what he said? Compare that with the Bible. What does the Bible say? What does it actually Most beautiful phrases to get you out of any kind of goofy nonsense. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Hmm. say. And that was what was so helpful for me was just taking out my Bible and hmm. comparing it and seeing wow, this is not only not in the word of God, but this is yeah. very twisted and it's Ugh. harmful because he would often, like he would tell stories and he told one story of someone who, before you come to Christ, he said, you need to clean up this mess because you can't bring this mess to Jesus. So do my three steps and then come to Jesus. Whoa. It Whoa. That's, that's what that, I mean, that, that's full on heresy. You got to clean this mess up before you come to Jesus? Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's like Jesus is with the brokenhearted. Jesus is with the sinner. Jesus comes. <laughs> Jesus comes as God in the flesh to be among sinful people. That's literally the narrative of the gospel. God puts on a human body and comes and dwells among sinners. I'm sure that that's a sign that Jesus is there with you in your struggles, in your brokenness, in your depravity, 
and, and, and is more than equipped to deal with you in your most broken state. Part of it is if you're in a setting where they say, don't question this, then it, it should at the end of the day, anyone, you should be able to question anything and it stand up against the word of God because yep. God's word is true and it will come out as truth. And so if somebody's saying this is in the Bible, but you you aren't really questioning it, you need to examine it, examine it according to the Bible with an open Come Bible on. and say, okay, is what you're teaching me true? Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's that's something that I guess up to that point, I, I had thought I had done that, but I really hadn't. Don't ask questions is red flag number one. Red flag number two is if in your world, you one, you need answers to every question and two, you think you have all the answers to every question. In a community, in a church, in a paradigm where there is an answer to every question, you should be weary of that. I'm talking down to how you parent, how you do this. Because the thing about the scriptures, especially the New Testament, is that there's a, there's a virtue ethic overflowing from the New Testament, overflowing from the idea of loving God with all your heart, all your mind, loving your neighbor as yourself, doing on to others. Right, it's a, there's a there's a virtue ethic overflowing for that. So some things are going to be contextual. Some things are going to be matters of conscience. Some things, but 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 it, it's overflowing from the perspective of a New Testament Christian virtue, right? And so it's interesting that uh that, that she points that out. But there's a I mean there's there's a lot of folks that slide into this like certainty and the need to have an answer to every single question. And I think most folks read the scriptures and still have questions. Most folks read the scriptures, live life, still have questions. There's, 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 there's a mystery to our faith that, and that's okay. It was all mapped out for me in his teaching. But once I realized, oh, wow, now those, those, man-made rules they're not all mm -hmm. accurate and they're not all based in scripture it was almost it was almost like scarier to like um walk into parenting thinking oh wow like it's it takes away bill gothard being my holy spirit or anybody else and i have to rely on the spirit of god i have to pour into my kids the word of god yeah. and trust that god's word is sufficient that it's That's enough good. and that is a scarier thing than saying oh i'm gonna have all these rules for my kids and i'm gonna do the, what i know he said i'm gonna do to bring guarantee for success in their lives Instead, going to the Word of God, relying on um, the Holy Spirit to lead us as we're seeing the Word of God and pouring that into our kids and praying for them. Because yep. ultimately, um, like, unfortunately, like, I mean, Bill Gothard would promise this guarantee of like, your kids will be saved. They will walk with Jesus forever if you do this. But can I want to make that guarantee? <laughs> I do think there are things we can do to tip the scales in our favor so that our family and our loved ones you know, can hear the gospel and hopefully receive the gospel, but you, you can't guarantee stuff like that. That, that, that that's a bold, that, 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 yeah, that's a whole lot. It's just not guarantee. So praying right. for them and pouring into them and trusting God yes. with them is harder than having this black and white success yep. route. Mm. Yep. That's really interesting and true. You know, and I know a lot of people have, when they interview you, they, they're obviously going to ask you about your brother. They're going to ask you about Josh. And I think a lot of times the questions are, are focused on him. You know, I've often thought about you and your siblings and your family and how you have journeyed through that situation. You have obviously the normal pressures of normal fame. Then you have an event like that happen. Uh-oh, what happened with her brother? Josh Duggar officially sentenced to prison after, oh no, no, the son was, ooh, he was into the kitty corn. This is a sickness of the highest order. Eh? Gosh, darn it.
<sighs> Man. Well, if that doesn't debunk all this, I guarantee your kids to be saved and love Jesus nonsense. I don't know what else does. Isn't it, by the way, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm, let me just say this, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, but isn't it interesting when people say stuff like that, something wild happens, right? When people say stuff like, I'll guarantee your kids to never walk away from Jesus if you do as I say. And then all of a sudden there's kitty corn. Or I will not allow, I will not create a theology that allows for sickness. And then there's multiple members in the church and in the family who are, you know, isn't that interesting? It's almost like God's telling, saying, ah, you might want to slow your roll there, bud. That ain't how it works. That is not how it works. This is the, the, the issue with speaking on dogmatic absolutes, dog, dogmatic perspectives of things that are just, they just are nuanced. I, I know some of you guys hate that word. Well, you say nu they just are. How to bring up godly children is complicated, right? How physical health and sickness and all these things work together, it's just complicated. How God does heal and doesn't heal, it's just complicated. Well, when people start speaking in these dogmatic statements about whatever their thing is, just, I'm warning you guys, tread lightly. Red flags. What has that been like for you in terms of the attention and just how you've processed it all? Yeah, but by the way, shout out to who, whoever this gentleman is. That was a smooth way to bring up something rather salacious that I'm sure she didn't want to talk about. But it, based on how this interview is going, I bet you she's more than well equipped to answer the question. Right? So kudos to him for bringing that up in a very, 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 very smooth way. Mm -hmm. That's probably been one of the hardest things to walk through. Um, and I think that's one of the challenges. There, there are joys and challenges of being in the public eye. And God gives grace for whatever that he will allow us to walk through. And I've seen that to be true in mm. every season of life. And through this time, it has been by far one of the most difficult things that we've walked through. Yeah. And I think for like being in a public space, I wanted to speak to it in some sense because I think the glory of God is being dragged through the dirt again and again, and we see that. And so for, I think this goes back to the heart of the book is no amount of man-made rules or standards mm. can keep our hearts in a place that's honoring to God. We can't put these things up on the outside and say, well, I don't listen to this music or I don't wear this or I don't go there. Mm. And therefore I'm okay. And I'm righteous mm. and holy, but no true transformation. We can't do that and say, that's going to keep us from sin, but true yep. transformation only comes from the inside out when God changes our hearts and salvation. And that's something that I think sadly the system, um, it tries to bypass salvation and regeneration where God is changing our hearts from the inside out. And it tries to make it more about man-made rules, gaining us favor with God and keeping us from sin, which is just not the case because legalism, it will breed sin often because it has a form of godliness, but it's not godliness. And so that's good. sadly, that's what I've seen and how we've weathered this has been knowing that um, the truth of God's word is what will change us and will keep 
me as a believer walking with God. And so through the hard times, through the good times, yeah. that's where we find strength and help. And it's so difficult. Like it has been the hardest thing and having to speak out in times where you'll learn of something and it's just heartbreaking in the moment. And people are demanding responses from you because you're tied to it in a way, like because it's your family or whatever, that's hard and that's tough. And so at the end of the day, I just, I, I feel a responsibility to speak because it's the glory of God. It doesn't matter about my name, but God's glory is being dragged through the dirt. Well, I so appreciate you speaking. Wow. Wow. Now I got a Bible verse for you guys. <clears throat> so this is Paul writing the church, the Colossians. He says, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory on the cross. That's just the W in and of itself. Can we just stop one time and just give it up for Jesus? That's a W, right? That he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory, uh, by his victory over them on the cross. Okay? That means that we are no longer operating out of our sinful nature blindly, right? That, that, that God is make, make us, make, making us new. But check, check out what this says next. He says, so don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbath. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. This is, again, Judaizers blending in with the with the uh, Gentiles and the Christians and adding works and adding all these other things. Then again, we're saved into Christ Jesus, right? <clears throat> Verse 20 says, you have died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. Did you know that if you're in Christ, you're set free from the spiritual powers of this world? That you don't have to walk, walk on eggshells, that you don't have to uh, be careful that you're going to accidentally hear a song or accidentally eat a food or accidentally do something and then a demon's going to get you, right? That God has set you free, that you are free. Whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world such as, and watch this, don't handle, don't taste, don't touch, don't listen to this genre of music. Don't watch this. Don't be. Don't go here. Don't do that. Don't be around these people. Be careful with these people. These people, right? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. Salvation, friends, is inside out. Salvation is not behavior modification. Salvation is not rule keeping. Salvation is something supernatural happens in the heart of the believer when they place their faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. And when they place their faith in, in Jesus, 
They, they, they're regenerated. They're born again. And so what happens is you, you, you transform from the inside out, not from the outside in. Most of what the world and what false religion promotes is an outside-in transformation. Jesus promotes an inside-out transformation, okay? You have to get to the root of the issues instead of just dealing with the fruit of the issues. And that, that's the dangerous part, is that if you're just consumed with all these rules and trying to do this and trying to do that, you're in for a rude awakening. You're in for a rude awakening because they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. It's like, it's like, it's like, have you ever wanted to lose weight? And instead of dealing with the core of your issues, you just try to white knuckle it. And instead of reestablishing a healthy relationship with food and figuring out what's going on, you just try to white knuckle it and you do it for a little bit. You go, some of you guys do really goofy stuff. You do the Daniel diet for a month. Right, not as a fast, as a diet. That's your that's your diet plan. Some of you guys go do keto. Some of you guys do whatever latest fad diet. And what happens is, your willpower depletes, and eventually, you just go screw it and you binge. You just binge. You binge, and that's what it's like following man-made rules. You can white knuckle it for a while. You can willpower it for a while. You can have bodily discipline for a while. Highest self-denial, strong divine. I'm vegan. I'm this. I'm CrossFit. But if you never, if you never have an, an encounter that transforms your heart, your actual desires, you never get to the root of these things, reestablish your relationship with whatever the thing is, you are more than likely going to yo-yo back into it. And, and unfortunately, that's what happens because people never reestablish their. The, the, the core of their issues. They're just dealing with the, 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 the fruit and not the root. Jesus deals with the root. Jesus gives you a new heart, new desires. I was dead, now I'm alive. Right? I was blind, now I see. And I'm not saying that, that, in terms of the diet thing, I don't think there's anything wrong specifically with keto or specifically with vegan, but there are a lot of inconsistencies if we're going to be frank. The, for the person that's like, I'm keto, and then they're like eating bacon and cheeseburgers. What are you doing? Or the person's like, I'm vegan. And then they're eating bread five times a day. What are you doing? You, you just bread and impossible meat. That's an L. That's a complete L. You might as well go eat the real thing. Who knows how much soy and chemicals are in that impossible meat? You see what I'm saying? So it's like you. It, it comes off pious, but you're not really dealing with the, with the with the root of it. And the root of it is yeah, you, you need to eat more vegetables. You need to eat more vegetables. You need to eat leaner meat. And you probably should stay away from cheese and, and bacon and a bunch of dairy on everything. I appreciate you guys. If you guys enjoy this conversation, be sure to smash that like button for the algorithm. It really does help us out a ton. And if you want to go the extra mile and be a part of the 1% who actually partner with us uh, monthly, less than 1% partner with us monthly, um, consider signing up for our online community for only $5 a month. You get access to our exclusive Discord. You get all the podcasts early. You get these daily after-party streams, the full unedited version daily, so that we never, ever, ever have to make commercials and brand deals like this. Our friends at GenuCell Skincare have exciting news to celebrate in 2023. Using Manscaped during my showers after workout has given me much more confidence. And that's where mud water comes in. True Classic has got your pack. All thanks to the sponsor of today's video, SayMine.com. Established Titles is your opportunity to earn the title of Laird, or 
lady. Objective credit approval rates range from 7.99% APR to 19.99% APR, including 0.50% auto pay discount. If you don't want us to make ads with brands you don't care about, sign up for our online community for as little as $5 a month to keep us independent and ultimately answering to you as our boss. You get all sorts of benefits like daily replays of our after-party streams, exclusive access to our Discord community, and early access to our podcast interviews, all starting for only $5 a month. King Bruce Lawn.